0: This is Sarah Lemon, author of The Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and read my blog, The Whole Dish, at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. I've taken a break from blogs and podcasts, for a few days now so I could move. I purchased a new home and detailed a little bit more about that in my latest food section column. Those also run under the name The Whole Dish every other week in the Mail Tribune's a la carte section. This week's column ran under the headline, The Case for Cast Iron, in which I sort of unabashedly proclaimed my undying love for my cast iron pans and how they were a driving force, a major consideration behind every kitchen I stepped into on my search for a home to purchase for much of the past year. If the cook's domain didn't have a gas range, I wrote, had a pass because I just could not give up my cast iron pans upon which I've relied now for more than 15 years. And don't get me wrong, it's not that a gas range is the only cooktop that will accommodate cast iron. I mean, cast iron can be used over an open campfire, but so many kitchens that have been modernized over the past several years, or certainly in homes that were built within the past decade or so, maybe even a little bit longer ago, have those glass-topped, flat electric ranges. And I've used them plenty. My mom has one. It's what she chose for her home when she built it about 15 years ago. This surface just doesn't lend itself to the rough exterior of really basic sort of old-fashioned, old-school cast iron. Those pans just have an imperfect Exterior. They're not perfectly smooth. They can scratch a glass topped range very easily. So, you want something that is a little bit more sturdy, a little bit more rough around the edges itself, namely the grates that go over very often a gas fired cooktop, which is what I was looking for. And I found it. Found Really, in my mind, what's my ideal kitchen, and I'm really looking forward to sharing it in some of my upcoming columns, as well as in the photos that accompany those columns, which will have a more attractive aesthetic, hopefully better lighting than I've been working with over the past year. And one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is doing more with my cast iron, inspired by the writing of a best-selling cookbook author, Anne Byrne, who I highlighted in my recent column. She wrote a book a couple of years back. It's called Skillet Love, From Steak to Cake, It's all about her own love affair with her 12-inch cast iron skillet and all the things she developed over the course of writing this cookbook to really celebrate cast iron as a cooking vessel that is so versatile, lends itself to so many different types of dishes beyond the stovetop to the realm of baking. And that's what I'm really looking forward to getting into. I have lots of bakeware, specialty bakeware, high-end bakeware, and I'm starting to come to realize that probably all I really need are my cast iron skillets. I published with my most recent column and that ran under the headline again, The Case for Cast Iron on May 5th, some recipes from Anne Burns' cookbook. One for chocolate chip sour cream coffee cake that, of course, is bound to be a home run with my kids. I mean, chocolate chips combined with their favorite citrus fruit cuties. But one that's really going to carry us through all the seasons is Ann Burns' method for cast iron skillet pizza. Now, pizza is one of those things that I really enjoy making at home. But I actually determined as I was moving that one of the things I could probably leave behind is this massive baking stone that I've used to bake pizza on for probably 10 years that is heavy and unwieldy and takes forever to preheat. And it does fit a fairly large pizza on it. My kids can actually have enough room to bake individual pizzas. Of course, we have to shovel them on there with a pizza peel. But I just got tired of this method. It's messy and the peel itself takes up space in my cabinets. And when I read about Ann Byrne's best ever skillet pizza, I thought, okay, I think we can probably move beyond the pizza stone now because it's called simply for a 12-inch cast iron skillet. Now, granted, you could use a little bit larger one if you have that. You could use a little bit smaller piece of pizza dough. This calls for a pound of store-bought pizza dough or you could make your own. She notes that if you are using homemade pizza dough it might take five minutes or so longer to bake at 450 degrees. The key to this pizza is preheating the cast iron skillet On the stovetop before transferring it to the preheated oven that's what yields a really crispy crust you also sprinkle the surface of the cast-iron skillet with cornmeal before you pat out the pizza dough in it carefully so you don't burn your fingers the skillet is preheated after all she gives a couple of variations on skillet pizza that I'll share in this podcast along with the basic recipe Those variations are garden vegetable, which is one of my favorite just concepts for pizza. Whatever is fresh and vibrant and delicious in my home garden or local farm stands, I subscribe to a CSA this summer. So I'm looking forward to that. Again, super flexible with any vegetables you like, but I'll suggest some in this variation for best ever skillet pizza as well as the concept for eggplant parmesan as a pizza, which I have to believe my oldest son in particular would absolutely love. Eggplant parmesan is one of his favorite dishes after all. But first, the basic recipe for best ever skillet pizza. Again, you need one pound store-bought pizza dough, one to two teaspoons cornmeal, one to two tablespoons olive oil, two garlic cloves that have been peeled and minced, a half cup to three-quarter cup tomato sauce. You could probably also use tomato paste. I prefer that because it's less watery than tomato sauce, but you do have to use a pastry brush to spread it around, and I often combine it with some olive oil just to get it moving across the surface of the dough more easily. Two cups shredded mozzarella cheese, Honey for brushing the surface of the crust. That's a new one for me, but I'm all for it. And red pepper flakes is needed. This is optional, of course, depending on your preference for spice. So start best ever skillet pizza by preheating the oven to 450 degrees. Heat a 12-inch cast iron skillet on the stove over medium-high heat until quite hot for three to four minutes. While the skillet is heating, stretch out the dough to get it as thin as possible, about 12 inches in diameter. You want this to roughly fit the circumference of the pan. You can do this by sort of tossing it up in the air, as people see on TV shows about pizzerias or in YouTube videos. I've never tried this myself. You can also press it out with your hands on a cornmeal dusted work surface. I like to think you could probably also use a rolling pin for this. It sort of depends on your dexterity and your familiarity with fresh pizza dough. Sprinkle the cornmeal into the hot skillet. Then taking care not to burn your fingers, place the dough that's been rolled, tossed, or patted out in the pan on top of the cornmeal press the dough halfway up the sides of the pan and it'll shrink back as pizza dough does that's okay whisk together the one to two tablespoons olive oil and the two garlic cloves that have been peeled and minced and brush that mixture using a pastry brush over the dough Spoon on the half cup to three-quarter cup tomato sauce. Again, if you are choosing to use tomato paste, probably two tablespoons or so be sufficient. Kind of combined with that olive oil, maybe a little bit more that's already on the dough. After spooning on the tomato sauce, brushing on the tomato paste, add any desired toppings at this point. Any of your favorite pizza toppings, from meats to veggies, you just want to make sure they're low moisture. I've said this before in my columns about pizza and podcasts. If you're using mushrooms, for example, saute them ahead of time. You don't want anything releasing water onto the surface of pizza dough when your goal is to have a crisp crust. Scatter the two cups shredded mozzarella cheese all over the surface of the sauce and topped dough and then brush the honey on the crust edges right around the perimeter and sprinkle on any red pepper flakes if those are desired. Turn off the stovetop where you've been preparing this pizza and place the skillet in the preheated 450 degree oven. Bake until the cheese is melted and just starts to brown and the crust edges are browned. This will take about 15 to 20 minutes, maybe as long as 25 minutes if you're using a homemade pizza dough. Then remove the skillet from the oven, carefully run a knife around the edges and slide the pizza out onto a board for slicing and serving. And that makes four to six servings of best ever skillet pizza as an appetizer, or two to three servings as a meal. And that recipe's from Skillet Love, From Steak to Cake by Ann Byrne. I'm gonna give some of her variations for Best Ever Skillet Pizza right now, including Garden Vegetable and Eggplant Parmesan. And these, again, are flexible with whatever you happen to have on hand, whatever you like on your pizza. So for garden vegetable skillet pizza, after spooning on the tomato sauce, once you've gotten to the point where the dough is patted out in the preheated skillet, your oven is preheated, add a half cup store-bought pesto or homemade, particularly during the season for making pesto, spreading it out evenly. Sprinkle one cup shredded mozzarella cheese on top. And then slice two beefsteak tomatoes, miniature yellow, red, and orange peppers, maybe two or so of those, and four to five pickled jalapeno slices and place them over the cheese. Scatter the remaining cup of mozzarella cheese over the vegetables and bake according to the directions for best ever skillet pizza that we previously gave. Again, this is flexible. I love zucchini on pizza. I'm one of those people that if it's zucchini season, I have it in my garden. I have tomatoes. I have peppers. Zucchini is just such an obvious addition and really, really delicious, I think, on a vegetable pizza. In that same vein, I think, are Japanese eggplants. I often combine those with zucchini, with tomatoes, with other veggies from my garden, for just a free form kind of pizza. But if you wanna make that a more cohesive concept, Anne Byrne has this eggplant Parmesan pizza. Start by slicing two medium Japanese eggplants into thin rounds and put them in a bowl of cold water until they're ready to be cooked. In a skillet, add two tablespoons olive oil over medium heat, and then add the eggplant slices in batches, you wanna dry them off first. And pan fry until they're slightly brown on both sides. Add more oil if needed. Eggplants soak up a lot of oil, which I happen to love. I love that richness. Sprinkle the eggplant slices with salt to taste. So you want to get to the point where you've padded out the pizza dough in the preheated cast iron pan and you spooned on the tomato sauce or brushed on tomato paste. Add about a quarter cup shredded mozzarella cheese. And then place the cooked eggplant slices that you pan fried in presumably another cast iron skillet on top of the sauced and cheesy pizza crust. Scatter one cup cherry tomatoes that have been halved over the top of the cooked eggplant slices. Then sprinkle two tablespoons grated Parmesan over all of that. Bake, again, 450 degrees And then after taking the skillet out of the oven, sprinkle on two tablespoons chopped basil while the pizza is still hot. Super, super classic flavors just reinvented for a pizza. And it's one I always wonder why pizzerias don't do more often. I know that this is one of my favorite pizzas and well worth making at home, particularly when you can't get it at a pizzeria. Eggplant Parmesan skillet pizza made in a cast iron pan Inspired by the book *Skillet Love: From Steak to Cake* by Ann Byrne, that inspired my most recent food section column in the Mail Tribune that ran on May 5th under the headline "The Case for Cast Iron." Find that column at mailtribune.com/forward/slash/lifestyle/forward/slash/the-hyphen-hole-hyphen-dish, and more seasonally fresh, globally inspired recipes on my blog, including posts inspired by my recent move to a great new kitchen where I'm hoping to find lots more inspiration for The Whole Dish. Again, mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Thanks for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.